Come on, come all, come gather around. Come hear tales both lost and found. Finally, show not about true crime. It's David and Michael's story time. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to another exciting episode of Storytime. The one who's a dirty old bilge rat and is deserves to be at the bottom of the briny deep. Well, that's David Miller. I'm the one who is clearly the cream of the crop. Well, that's Michael Santel. See, I'm nice. I thought I'm you were nice going to go with the more, yeah, thank you. I thought you were going to go with the more nautical-themed one, but I, I guess tried, not. I tried, but I, you know, well, I didn't try, really. I just, I, I said the first thing that came to mind, really, is what happened. Uh, the cream of the I I tried to take opposite of whatever you did, and you made me the bilge rat of the bottom whatever, so... (laughs) You're living at the briny deep, David. I'm a vermin living in the filth of everyone. (laughs) Were you ever a sailor kid? Did you ever have I, did you ever have dreams of being a did sailor? Did I ever travel the seven seas taking spices hither and thither? No, I, I did not. Um But in, I your, once, in your imagination it, type, did you ever want to be Oh, that like a pirate, like play pirates or whatever? Sure. Maybe, but not not really. Not especially. Yeah. Um uh, I did once in, I want to say it was like fifth grade, we went and had an overnight trip to the Pilgrim. In Our whatever, school would go to the Star of India. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I did not have a good trip. I did not enjoy that time. Did you get Did you get diarrhea? What no, happened? I didn't sleep well. Like, I couldn't yeah. sleep. And my lips were chapped as fuck, I remember. And, like, I had no chapstick. Like, I just, there were these little things. <laughs> the, the captain of the ship or whatever, he's, who's playing a part. Like, I was in charge of my little crew, which we were the, I think, the hide gatherers, which is, like, the... A shitty crew to be, you know, a dirty hides gatherer at like, the bottom of the sea. Well, so they like they like take us off the ship. Our group took us off the ship in this little boat to go like collect the hides from like the natives or like whatever the tra- the whatever the story <laughs> yeah. was. Uh, sure. And we go, and there are like there are like four tanned hides like sitting in this place that we like pick up and put in the boat and bring back. And that was all that was there was there were four because we're children. Uh, and so we bring them back to the boat and the captain lines everybody up and he brings up my crew and he's like, how many hides did you get? And I was like, four, sir. And he's like, four? We're supposed to get 10,000. And then he like starts yelling at me in character and I straight up just cried in front of my whole figure <laughs> class because I was like th- there was no none left like th- th- that was all they gave us <laughs> I'm not ready to share how many times I've cried in front of my entire class like that's not I, I can't believe you shared that story that's an amazing Listen, story we are we are here now when was that that was late 90s so we are over yeah. 20 years past that so uh doesn't change doesn't change the deepness of the scars oh David. no it doesn't there. change there. yeah the rivets of the scars are perfect rain gutters for those tears to fall on the ground i will never go on a boat again <laughs> <laughs> yeah when everyone's like true. hey there's this new hot titanic movie you're like no thanks <laughs> that's not true i was on a boat for your wedding uh so. oh that's true you did so good i thank you thank you david i had no idea how triggering that day was to you yeah. i thought you were crying because of the wedding but now i know you were reliving childhood <laughs> trauma <laughs> yeah it wasn't because things are so beautiful it's because i was scarred david yeah Speaking of childhood trauma, I'm so glad let's you're doing get. That, but before we jump into that, I have a couple. I have one. Uh, we, I just. What do you to mean? Shout. I want to talk about the 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 C team of the Andalites that was last time. We got tweeted at uh, yesterday. What? And so who checks Twitter? Are people still on X? Are well, we still that on I said X? Tweeted at. So like, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, but 
But um, uh, someone whose who's display name is Kitty uh, says, at the Storytime Pod, guys, I'm listening to your podcast, and I just want to say I enjoy it so much. I'm at the point where you just finished the Old Testament. You're one of my favorite podcasts, and I listen to many. Thanks for the entertainment. Smiley face emoji. We need to tweet back at them because they're not going to hear this for four fucking years. <laughs> I did uh, throw them a like from our tw- uh, Twitter account. So they, Wonderful. they know that well, they've been seen. Yeah. What's their name, Smiley's? Uh, uh, it's, uh, the, the display name is Kitty. The uh, at is at silent photo play. <laughs> silent photo play sounds like something dirty you I, have to get permission I threw to them do. alike without doing any investigative work on their profile so i have it's for no the best idea. i'm glad you enjoyed the old testament the audio audio quality only gets better now let's get back to talking about childhood trauma yeah, there we but go. not our own sci-fi kids yeah yeah one of the, uh, uh, so I've been, I don't know, I think you mentioned it briefly before, but I've been reading so many books lately. It was nice to go back and be like, oh yeah, these Animorph books that are bite-sized. Because like, I mean, look, I can show you right here. Look at my to-read list. This is a whole stack of all these books. This it's one, so many books. This one I'm working on right now, but it's so big. It's like a thousand pages and it's... The Way of the King? The Way of Kings. It's the first of the Stormlight Archive trilogy, which itself is the first of two trilogies. And as that first book, it's a thousand pages, so it, there's a lot to do. But um, now, are you taking notes? Am I? Are you going to bring? Oh, are, no. are, 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 I was not planning on bringing you these stories. I'm oh, just okay, reading okay, them to okay. read them. You know, okay, okay, like for my own. <laughs> I think that's the problem with us doing the show because anytime I read something, it's like, oh, should I be? Should I bring should, this to should David? Should we be doing this? No, I, I don't think I'm going to tell you. I mean, we'll see once I get through it all, I guess. But I, I don't think I'm going to be telling you. I, I'm really enjoying it, but I don't think there's I'm no way you can go back. How do you, even big. if you it's read the book, yeah. you can't go back and be like, oh, just skim and take well, notes. And the big problem is, I just started. I like I'm reading or read the first book of like three or four major series. Like I just read the Gunslinger, so that's starting, and I got the second book just now, so that's starting me on the Dark Tower series. I'm now starting the Stormlight Archive. I've read the first book of the Discworld series, and now have the next seven to go through. So like. All of these crazy long, big series I'm starting at the same time, and so I'm gonna drive myself crazy bouncing between them. I feel like whenever <laughs> you, whenever I've read something, that's the thing I like, and I'm gonna let you know that second Dark Tower book is a good one. Good, I'm glad. First one, yeah. First one is it was cool, but it's really just like okay, now we're going. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah, I feel like there was. Yeah, I feel like the second book is when we really start dialing into that universe. Rad. Speaking of rad. There we go. 90s. <laughs> back to some good old 90s fun. Yeah. So we're back to the what Animorphs. What are we this with is, on today? This is the first Animorphs of 2024. Now, I don't know if you noticed, but I was proud of myself for getting the last episode out on New Year's Day. We had an episode released January 1, 2024. Congratulations. Good job, good David. Good job, us. Um, uh, so last time in Animorphs, I'm trying to remember what, oh, last time was the, the Axe book. Yeah. Yeah, that were the, uh, the, 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 the fake, not fake Andalites, but like they the reject a, Andalites showed up. The Arrival, that's right. Um, mm-hmm. Yep, and they were, they said that they were like a forward team of the fleet, but it turns out they were like 
an assassination squad uh, whose mission was to kill Visser 3, but then it turns out their real mission was genocide! <laughs> just good old fat, just the regular mission, just well, the regular with, mission. With a, with a crazy virus akin to the Hork-Bajir um, virus that they released on the Hork-Bajir planet back in the Hork-Bajir Chronicles. Which we refer to as COVID. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine if COVID was just an Andalite way of trying to kill the Yerks? I mean, I believe it. I mean, isn't that... Wasn't it a Chinese-made thing to God kill Americans? No, we're not going down that rabbit hole, no. <laughs> that rabbit hole is for another day. Uh, what book are we on now? Today, we are on book 39, The Hidden. Uh, mm, about their feelings towards one another. Here's the oh, cover. Oh, she turns into a water buffalo. Yeah, yeah, sure does. Cassie is on the front, so it is a Cassie book. Uh, I will also point out that on the inside cover, there is a name written here. It is also written on top of the pages. Uh, it's Blake. Bracky. Bracky. B-R-A-K-K-E. I don't know who that was, but thanks for selling your Animorph book at one point. Thanks, Bracky's mom, for buying it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so predictions for book 39, The Hidden. The Hidden, unfortunately, is going to be a sad tale, as many of these tales are very <laughs> we sad. We have not had a straight-up happy book ever in this series. <laughs> now, the question I ask myself, is The Hidden a place, or is it a piece of information? Or a state of mind. Uh-huh, <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. I'm going to go out on a limb and say The Hidden is a weapon here on Earth okay. that's been here for a long time that neither side knows about. Sure. They've now unearthed it and must get it before the Vissers get it so that they don't cause more harm. Uh, so interesting you say that we do know already in the series we have learned of a major artifact slash possible weapon that was concealed here on earth if you remember back to the andalite chronicles and i don't think it's been moved since the time matrix is hidden here on earth which is why this book is called The Hidden. Uh, we'll have some good scrapes. Uh, the kids <laughs> will have to pull a trickery dickery dock to get out of it. And uh, there'll be a moment we feel somebody is dead. But that was just a trick to help us get out of the bigger thing. Okay, sure. You know, it's funny that you say that because I also read the next Animorphs book. So I'm like locked and loaded. But I like something in the next book just made me think of back in the David trilogy when for like a whole book, like at the end of one book, but before the next one, we were just like, oh, Tobias has been murdered. Like, you know, and yeah, and then at the end of the second one, I think, well, there goes Jake. Like, you know, like and, and I remember those. Those were good thing. Those guys are still alive now. If we were doing a better job of keeping tallies, I feel like Jake has been the person that we thought was dead the most. It has happened a few times to Jake. It's happened a couple, like, there, Marco has been, like, so grievously wounded he almost died a few times, but not where we as an audience are like, oh shit, he died. Right. Um, Tobias has been kind of basically killed, like, twice, I want to say. Um, but yeah, I think, I think the most times that the book has been like, and Jake died, never mind, is probably the most, yeah. And I'm also thinking about the time when they went back in the, the, the fake past or when whatever. all of them have one death for that trip. Yes. Every single one yeah. of them has died there. 
Yeah. Yeah. So at least I feel like Jake is maybe the highest of the leaderboard, but yeah, everyone's got everybody got one, and then balance. Jake got a couple extras. Yeah. Um, all right. Here we go. The hidden. Cue the fog and the music as we roll into downtown Atlanta. Where do you think we start? I'll tell you, Ooh. it's somewhere we've seen before, so it's not like a random location. Okay. Is the summer camp part of the... the we, have, <laughs> we have never seen a summer camp in this series. There's not like a summer camp. Okay, that's I'm confusing it with the show. Uh, I think we're going to start out... It's either... Oh, we're going to be at the we're going to be at the zoo. We're going to be at, at the, the amusement okay. park zoo. Yeah. Interior. Cassie's barn. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the clubhouse. The regular. At the meeting spot. Um, so Cassie is in her barn. She's trying to coax an injured mouse out of its little hiding spot because it's got a it's got a hurt leg and she's trying to look at it. We got a normal-ish intro where she's like, "Hey, here's my name is Cassie. Here's the deal. I can, you know, turn into animals we're fighting aliens and she actually says a quote that i feel like is a little bit indicative of uh uh, a little bit indicative of kind of her her mindset right now because we you know all these kids are all all animals are my friends uh she says so you can see why i need to work with wounded animals to help heal them and in some way i think they help heal me too yeah, because right? they're broken. They're broken they're children. Broken children, and especially Cassie. Like of all of them, Cassie is the one who, whenever like, especially when like when we had the, when we were dealing with the Drode, and the Drode was like calling out everybody and being like, "Oh, Rachel, the like fierce warrior," because she's so afraid actually, and like stuff like that. When it got to Cassie, he's like, "Oh, Cassie, my favorite, the hypocrite." Right? The one who's like, I don't want to kill anything. And then we'll turn into a, a wolf and rip a hork throat out. Right? Like, right. and has done that uh, multiple times. Um, <laughs> yeah. So she, she's working in the bar and she's trying to, to work on this mouse. And she hears like a droning, sort of thrumming sound, kind of like a plane or what turns out to be a helicopter. And she looks outside the barn just in time to see like a helicopter sort of pass over the general area and sort of fly off into the woods near her barn, kind of on a big arc. And she turns back around to head, like, back into the barn and runs straight into Eric the Chi, who had snuck in without her seeing because they can do that. Uh, They're very crafty robots. Yeah. And he says there is a problem, quote, a major problem. Oh, no, it's a hidden problem, soon to be revealed. Do you remember the Helmicrons? The tiny tiny ones, right? the tiny ones. The tiny ones that have a tiny ship and then they have a big galactic battle, but Correct. in tiny world. Correct. Now, the thing, one of the things that made the Helmicrons tricky, besides their small size and what turned out to be a shrink ray, if they used the blue box to power it, uh, was that they had the ability to basically find the blue box by, like, sensors of some kind that, like, picked up on its unique energy signature. Right? They can read its uh, frequency. So, the Yerks have repaired the Helmicron ship and reactivated the morphing sensor. Do they become little worms in the ship? Are they their little worm bodies? Or uh, do they have to, it like, is put... Un, it is unclear how they manage to repair the ship at that scale. Does a Yerk, does a yerk go inside of a Helmicron, but because the Yerks are bigger, they, like, stick out of both sides no, of their ears? So, so that, they look that like doesn't a... work. Like, we know... Remember when we were... Um, it was hammerhead sharks or there was some there was some animal that they were that it was like like they had to specifically grow its head so that they could fit a, a yerk inside there otherwise it doesn't work um, got it so if, if, if an animal is too small they can't infest it so they've they've 
repaired the Helmicron ship and it's uh, essentially that, that sensor, which not only tracks the energy of the blue box, but when someone morphs, they give off an energy signature. Remember back in the first Megamorphs when there was like the tornado monster that like ate morphing energy and would like track right. them every time they morphed? Think kind of like that. Um, okay. So the signal they have is not perfect, but they are searching around here for the an energy reading, a faint energy reading they're picking up from the blue box, the Escafil device, which is hidden here at the barn. Oh, it's at the it's Never, at the yeah, house. They they hid it here, um, the, and the sensor would also be able to pick them up if they were morphing. So she gets the box and is like, "Well, then we got to get it out of here and go, and we got to go now because they're clearly searching, and we don't want them to like come to and suspect my family's property, right?" Um, so she gets the box, but before they can leave, Cassie's mom walks into the barn, and Eric immediately like holograms himself to just be part of the wall or whatever, you know? <laughs> closes his eyes and his, yeah, closes and his just eyes are closed there. again. See um, um, so uh, her mom comes in and is like, hey, I'm going to the gardens. So you were almost right on your, your Almost right. I'm going to the gardens. Uh, I have to overlook an animal transport. We're like transporting out an animal from our zoo to another zoo or whatever. Uh, so far, this book has started just like uh, uh, Jurassic Park. We have the helicopter. He's going to the site. We have the mom. Got to go get the transfer. Great. I love that. I love that. Um, <laughs> so Cassie, trying to think quickly and just be like, I got to get this thing away from my home. It's like, great, mom. I'll go with you. And like jumps in the car and they drive, uh, start driving to the gardens. Did um, she bring the morphing box with it's, her? Yes. It's like hidden under her shirt, you know? Maybe I think like a, I think it says she's wearing a t-shirt, but I, I imagine like put on a big hoodie and like put it under the, the you know, <laughs> sure, your tummy. Sure. Yeah. Hunch over. Yeah. So it just looks like put your arms across your chest. Like every oh, teenager. sweetheart, is your, is your tummy bothering you? No, don't talk to me, mom. Like just be an <laughs> angsty teenager for a minute and people will leave sure, you alone. Sure. That's, that's um, all right. On the car ride, more than ever, more than ever, ever, Cassie is so frustrated with how fucking slow her mom is driving. <laughs> Someone, like, zips around her and, like, tailgates her, and she's like, what's this guy's problem? And Cassie's like, you're going 30 in a 45. Like, please speed up. Especially because she's just like, what if the helicopter is like, oh, it's in that car, that slow-moving car, Right. So she's, and, then, and also with the with what the kids know about technology, is it even a helicopter or is that just the projection of something else? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, as far as we can tell, it is a helicopter. But what do you know? Who could say? Who could uh, say? <laughs> so they finally get to the gardens, um, and Cassie tells her mom that, "Hey, I'm gonna go like look at some of the new animals that have come in. I'll catch a bus to go home. Don't worry about me. Thanks for the ride." Right. And her mom tells her to shoot her. <laughs> Shoot! Uh, so as soon as Cassie's kind of like walks off from her mom, she hears the others start speaking to her in thought speak and are like, hey, Eric, let us know what's going on. We're all here. They're all in Siegel Morph, like around the place. Uh, except Tobias, I think, which is he's still in hawk form. Um, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, a uh, second helicopter is seen circling around now. So they're, And especially because the others have morphed like... The sensors are picking things up. Um, oh, boy. So Jake calls for everybody to split up and try to lead the sensors away from Cassie since she's not in morph herself, but she's carrying the box. Uh, and Tobias Question. is assigned to, like, watch 
Cassie from the sky. Question. Yeah. I understand when they morph, they there's a burst of energy. Yes. But when they are in the morph, is it also like a radiation yes, of that, that they can see a, them as fake animals? Yeah, I think there's a spike during the morph process. And then while they are in morph, but not when they're in their base form, there is a like baseline radiation that they're giving off, you know? Okay. Yeah, I believe so. Um, she kind of like sneaks through the park and little back alleys uh, through the park um, until she gets to like the loading docks kind of in the back. And there are a couple of big trucks parked there. And she sees a few guys with like walkie talkies sort of like walking around the trucks, clearly looking for something or someone. And she's like, those are clearly controllers. And Tobias is like watching from the sky, like, okay, go now. And they, you know, she like goes around the truck as they go around the other side and stuff like that. Um, and so she's on the other side of the truck, like inching along and she feels like something sticking out and it's the handle to like a side door into like the bed or the, the back part of this big truck. And so she like slips in there really quick before the controllers come around and see her. Um, and she like breathes a big sigh of relief on like kind of getting away from them until she realizes what else is in this truck. It is an African a water buffalo, an African Cape buffalo. Oh, okay. A.K.A. the Widowmaker. The Widowmaker. They kill the man after they after they are inseminated. <laughs> they murder them and eat their bodies no, for nutrients. I, I think it's it's just a reference to like how actually dangerous. Kind of like how you know like oh hippos are the most dangerous animal. Okay, got like, it. Got it. This is a this is a particular buffalo that is very aggressive and protective and dangerous because it's so big and strong. So the truck then starts up. And starts moving because this is the animal being transported out of here today. Um, and she hears the controllers outside the truck saying something like, um, the chopper says there's a signal in our radius, but there are four others nearby. So let's go look for those. Uh, just want to say, I love a book that starts in action. Dude, no planning. Starts. We're not going to get to stop at any point in this book. Okay. We're just in the fucking thick of it we right now. We are in it to win it. Uh, or okay, just to hopefully. not die. Yeah, or just to yeah not I die. don't want uh, anyone to die. No, uh, win it. Win it. So the truck starts heading for the back exit of the park, and Tobias, looking ahead, sees a bunch of cars waiting down the road outside the gardens, kind of near the woods, where the road goes through the woods, um, ready to basically set, setting up like a roadblock to stop the truck. And he also tells Cassie, Visser 3's limo is now following behind the truck. As an adult, based on kid media, I thought I would run into more roadblocks in my life. <laughs> sure. I feel like there's always something escaping with a roadblock. Yeah. I only, I've only been through one DUI checkpoint on yeah. my way to your, on the way, my way to house. Okay. And that was the only time there was like a block in the road. Yeah. Like it doesn't happen very often. As an adult, the only time the road is blocked is when like there's been an accident or construction or something. It's not like it's not like they're stopping the road and checking all cars for a, a criminal or whatever. Right. You know? Right. Ooh, have you been on the freeway when the when the cops do a zigzag to get yeah. like a mattress off the freeway? Yeah. 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 <laughs> that's only, that's like as exciting as it gets <laughs> there. A they mattress swoop on the in so fast. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Mr. Three's limo is following behind the truck. Bad spot to be in. The buffalo starts getting antsy and snorting angrily at the presence of Cassie and the motion of the truck and all She's got to touch it. So, um, oh, one of the, one of the ropes that is like holding it in place 
snaps as the truck turns around a corner and the others uh-huh. are straining and about to break. So she manages to reach out very slowly and touch it and calms it down by acquiring it. Um, the truck slows to a stop at the roadblock. Uh, and she lays down the blue box on the floor because she's been carrying it the whole time, and she starts morphing the buffalo because she knows they're going to open up this thing, and if there's a person back here, they're going to be like, what the fuck? Um, So she starts morphing this buffalo. She hears the truck driver outside being like, yo, don't open that. There is a cape buffalo in there. A.K.A. the Widowmaker. And then is interrupted by a familiar voice of a slightly British bald man, uh, (gasps) Visser 3 in Human Morph. Um, and he's like, basically like, don't fucking tell me what to do. Uh, and then the door opens and the guy driving the truck, she hears, uh, Cassie hears him go like, oh shit, the restraints broke. Run. Like, you know, (laughs) um, and her Buffalo instincts kick in and it's like pure fury. Just like, get the fuck out of here. And she, she immediately bursts out of the truck slamming into cars and sending people scattering in fear. Where's the box? She put it on the floor of the truck, kind of back behind a Like little, a trough like or a something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's where she also, she stashed her non-morphing clothes, like, yes. a, under a board back there. Okay. Yeah. Um, so someone starts yelling to call the gardens and get tranquilizers out here and, you know, (laughs) shoot her! And Tobias is in Cassie's mind, like, Cassie, you gotta get control. You're clearly letting the cow take over, right? Like, calm down, calm down. And she finally gets control just as the second buffalo, the real buffalo, charges out of the truck in a similar rage following Cassie's lead, um, and specifically slams Vice Principal Chapman like, rams into him and slams him up into the air, and boom, he hits the asphalt. <laughs> Great. Uh, Cassie rams Visser 3's limo to set off the alarm, which sure. just sends the buffalo, the real buffalo, fucking berserk. Uh, it's enraging, that noise. Yeah. I, that's what I do. That's what happens when I hear it in the middle of the night. Yeah. Um, so Cassie jumps back into the truck real quick, grabs the blue box in her mouth, and then runs back out. And sees the real buffalo running off into the woods. So she follows behind it. Follows it deep into the woods. She notices that the, like, protect the herd sort of, like, instinct that the buffalo is feeling is really strong. And is and she's, while all of this adrenaline is going and all of that, like, the buffalo itself is, like, super alert, super aggressive, looking around for every threat and thing to fight. But the deeper they start running, like, away from all of that noise and all that chaos, um, the buffalo kind of starts to calm down a little bit. Um, and she kind of gets better control over the buffalo. Um, Tobias then gives her updates. Chapman is being loaded into an ambulance because you don't get charged by a buffalo yeah, like that. Yeah. <laughs> Without bad things. Um, the limo and the cars are like all demolished, so they need to like tow them away. So like they're all yeah. like, kind of stranded there briefly. The helicopters are still over the gardens looking for the others who continue to like morph, remorph, move, like so they're trying to keep it away. Um she puts the box down, she demorphs, and the uh, uh, the real buffalo, like, runs off ahead. Uh, and then I think they're talking about the helicopter. Uh, it's getting closer, but it hasn't pinpointed us yet, uh, Tobias said, swooping back down and landing on a tree branch a few yards ahead of me. I... His head jerked, and he, and he fell silent. What, I said, huffing a little as I jogged toward him. What, Tobias? And then I broke into a clearing, and I saw for myself. The cape buffalo stood there, quivering, 
twisting, its eyes bulging with panic, its mouth gaping in a silent scream. The scene was pretty bizarre all by itself, but in our world, things always had to be slightly more than weird. You see, the Cape Buffalo stood there, but instead of a Cape Buffalo head and face was our assistant principal's Chapman's. So... Is she turning into The buffalo itself is morphing Vice Principal Chapman. Because of the box? So Cassie realizes that when she put the box down in the truck to morph the buffalo, the buffalo, the real buffalo must have accidentally touched the box. And then when the real buffalo burst out of the truck, it ran straight into Chapman and flipped him over. So it must have accidentally acquired him. And then without realizing what it was doing, starts to morph Chapman. Horrifically. Absolutely terrifying. Okay. (laughs) And it's like screaming. It doesn't know, right? It's a a buffalo. (laughs) It has no context for what's going on. And it's getting a, one thing we'll talk about, it's getting a human brain when it morphs to a human, right? Right. How do you, like, reconcile that if you, you know, like, yeah. Uh, clearly, it does not understand what it's doing. It finishes mostly morphing Chapman. It's still covered in, like, buffalo hair, but is otherwise, like, a person. Um, which is terrifying. Um, it's on all fours. It's, like, grazing. It's, like, head is lolling around, right? Um, it shakily, it sees Cassie, and it shakily stands up. And he sees, or she sees that it's, like, watching her, and is, like, kind of mimicking her a little bit. And Cassie's like, well, we can't leave this here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can't leave this, uh, what would you call it? I mean, I guess it's a minotaur of some kind at this point. Um, so she morphs back to Buffalo to try to encourage it to, like, do the same. But it does not work. Um, so she gives up, demorphs back to human, and then morphs to wolf, picks up the box, and leaves, basically knowing that she's leaving this poor thing to its probable death as soon as the Yurks find it, right? Yeah. So she runs as a wolf for a while and then sees the helicopter circling closer. She demorphs to give off, like, less of a signal. It's now becoming, like, twilight, like, start of the evening. The sun is setting. Um, She's getting exhausted with all the morphing and running um, and stumbling barefoot through the woods now uh, in human form because she doesn't have shoes. Uh, the helicopter eventually moves off in another direction, um, and then the others in, like, owl or bird morph land near her as she, like, lays down and is, like, panting and exhausted. Eric, they tell her, has rigged up a machine that mimics the morph energy and put it at the far edge of the woods. And the Chi have all gone and done Animorph replacement mission where they pretend to be the Animorphs in their respective homes so that the others can be out and about tonight without their parents wondering where they are. Jake, do you want to come down for dinner? No, mother. I am fine where I am here in my room. The thing that's always funny when they do that is, like, they seem to do a very good job of, like, being the Animorphs at home. But Marco always gets mad because the one that replaces him always, like cleans his room <laughs> touches all of his shit. And, and he knows that then like his dad will be like well if you can clean your room once why don't you clean it all the time and marco's like god damn it so that happens um and then they're they're talking about what to do right uh cassie remembers that there's like where they are there's a cave nearby because it's where all the stuff with karen happened karen was the little girl with the yurk in her head 
that like then Cassie got the yerk in her head. When Cassie yeah. becomes a caterpillar and then becomes a caterpillar forever and then morphs by <laughs> being a butterfly. <laughs> but does natural shifting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, the next voice I heard was Tobias's. I filled them in on the buffalo, Cassie. They thought of something we didn't. Actually, Axe thought of it. I turned to look at Axe. He stared back with two of his four eyes. His stock eyes were in constant movement, scanning the dark woods. His scorpion tail was curved high and ready to strike. And, I said wearily, Tobias told us that this mutant learned to stand by observing you, Axe continued. And if he learns to speak, he will, most likely, be able to identify you. Forget learning to speak, I interrupted, realizing what I hadn't realized before. He's seen me morph. If the Yurks infest him and are able to read his memories, human or buffalo, Tobias added quietly, it's seen you morph while it was in both forms. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, <laughs> Also, not for nothing, but if the Yurks do find that and infest it, now they have another morph-capable thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, technically, they then would have another anamorph-type thing yep. whose base form would be... Uh, buffalo, uh, which is not a, bad. A, a Widowmaker, and yeah. then can turn into people and stuff like that. Yeah. So they make their way as wolves to this cave. They manage to rest for a little bit. Uh, Rachel is like, we need to get rid of that buffalo. Like, get rid of it. Now, they can't get rid of the box, right? They just have to keep the box safe. Yeah, they can, like, dismantle the box, but for whatever reason, they... I think they... They rather than destroy the box, they keep it. I think just in case they ever need to use it. Like we obviously had to a make terrible more. time bringing David into the fold, right? Right. But there might be call at some other point. Maybe we can give someone else the morphing power and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So, uh, so Rachel's like, we need to get rid of the buffalo, and Cassie hates that, obviously, especially since it now has human DNA. And there is a small debate about whether or not that's like technically murder. <laughs> right, and and Axe kind of is like, well, it's that's the question. Like, I have human DNA that I can morph. Am I human? And and then I think Marco is like, man, I hate it when we have to have these kinds of talks. Like, <laughs> why can't there be a simple answer? It's um, a little bit of column A. It's a little bit of column yeah, B. Yeah. Uh, so they're figuring out a plan, and Jake suggests giving the Yerks a trap, like setting a trap for the Yerks. Uh, which they'll probably expect, but we have to do it anyway. Uh, right. So basically, let them get a look at the cube and chase them, but one person kind of stays behind and then ambushes at the right time. Um, <laughs> but he's like, but I'm not quite sure what that looks like, like what kind of ambush, like it's a helicopter. How do we deal with that? And then Marco comes up with the idea using a metaphor or an analogy I think that you and I will be very familiar with, uh, classic Looney Tunes. He's like, we drop an anvil on it. Like, what does Wiley e. Coyote do? He lures the Roadrunner to a spot, and then he drops a big rock from above it. So they need to get the helicopter, like, 10 feet off the ground, and then they need to go 20 feet and drop something on top of it? So Jake is like, alright, solid, I'm down. We should probably try to do it over the ocean so we don't start a forest fire by destroying a helicopter in the woods. <laughs> to the beach! Then they realize taxons are approaching, so everybody goes into battle morph, except Cassie goes to buffalo form instead of wolf. Um, they charge out of the cave. The taxons find them, followed by like a bunch of hork-bajir. A big 
I have in my notes a big, very gory fight. And I've, I've mentioned this before, but we talk about it all the time when a big fight happens between Hork-Bajir and Taxons, and I kind of move through it quickly a lot of the time. The fights in these books are so gross. Like there's So what do you mean? Blood. We're talking we're talking blades through bellies and then yep. they go remorse and come back. arms and legs getting cut off. We're talking people being disemboweled like Hork Bajir with their their stomachs cut open and their guts spilling out. Taxons like are kind of they're always described as being like a wet paper bag full of juices. So they mm. they burst all the time and they're eating each other and and yeah, uh, it's it's always so gross. <laughs> and the kids are fighting an animal morph during yes. all these battles. Yes. Okay, yeah, so they're so just Jake's like Jake's a tiger, Rachel's a bear, and it's always like Rachel has a huge gash in her shoulder. Jake yeah. is fur is matted with blood and guts. Marco's like stomach is bleeding out, like you know stuff right. like that. Yeah, yeah. Big gory fight. There are too many controllers, and they start getting pushed back to the cave. They're like fighting well for a while, but. Exhaustion starts to set in. Their numbers are too great. Things start looking very dire, and then Cassie hears a very familiar bellowing sound. The other buffalo shows up, she, and it's like, "Hey, you guys!" But it's in like full. It's in full buffalo form. Okay. Um, and she responds by like also bellowing, and that buffalo Ooh. basically is like, "Let's fuck them up!" and charges into the fight and causes okay. a bunch of chaos. Horns, guts, blood, dirty fur. Yes, the buffalo went berserk. It was a whirlwind of destruction. Trampled, pierced, gored, and gouged huge gaping holes in the taxons. Battered the hork We all went a little crazy after that, on some kind of sick, bloody rampage spurred on by the African cape buffalo who annihilated the hork ranks with sheer savagery and finally sent them howling, bent and broken, into the forest. And then it was over. Just violence. Okay. So much violence. Yeah, it's a Sunday, bloody Sunday. They demorph to heal, and the buffalo starts turning into Chapman again as they like to <laughs> And they're, like, super weirded out by it. Uh, and Marco is like, like, of all people, why? <laughs> why Chapman? Um, they demorph to heal. They discuss a little bit about it. Cassie wonders if it could learn, now that it has a human brain, like, what is it capable of learning and doing? I don't love. And, and I think someone, I think it's Jake or Rachel, is like, let's not go too far down that path of experimentation, <laughs> shall we? Sure. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, it starts almost trying to talk. It's like they're all talking to each other, and it starts like trying to make sounds with its mouth. Um, and she's like, see, it's like trying to talk. And J- Jake is like, no, no, no. It's mimicking sound. Like, that is different. It's mimicking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, clearly not with an actual knowledge of what it's doing. Uh, the helicopter starts approaching. They go wolf form, and the buffalo also demorphs to buffalo mode. They start to run. Cassie doesn't want to leave it, um, and it sort of, like, runs after them as they run off. But they're wolves, so they, like, outrun it. Sure. Um, there are now also bug fighters buzzing the woods in addition to the helicopter. They gotta get to the ocean. Yeah, that's what they're trying to do. A pair of taxons burst through the bushes in front of Tobias. I dropped the blue box and launched myself at the closest one, felt its rows of tiny legs scrabbling through my fur, sank my teeth into its disgusting body and twisted, yanking and tearing its flesh. It screamed. I bit it again, sinking my muzzle into its guts and ripping them out of its body. I left it dead and helped Tobias finish off the other one, trotted back and picked up the blue box. Thanks, Tobias said, running alongside me. I didn't even see him coming. 
Don't do that again, Cassie, Jake called back sternly. Don't leave that morphing cube anywhere. There could have been another taxon waiting to grab it, and then what? He was right, but his scolding tone still hurt. Sorry, I mumbled. Rachel, drop back behind Cassie, Jake instructed, and if there are any more attacks, I'll handle it, Rachel promised, circling back around behind me. I felt like a total idiot, like I should have known better, only I couldn't have stood there and let the taxons rip Tobias apart, could I? No. He's worried about you, Cassie, Rachel said to me in private thought speak. He should trust me to do the right thing, I said. He does, or he would have made someone else carry the cube. That's why he put me back here. While you do the right thing, I do the necessary thing. Get it? Well, when you put it that way, I said, mollified. Slash crack! hork exploded out of the woods around us, and somewhere up ahead, I heard Jake howl in pain. Yeah. That's another example of Rachel being the Wolverine of the team, right? You do the right uh, thing, I'll do the necessary thing. And also, us now thinking that Jake's in trouble or is dying again <laughs> as we hear his howls in the distance. In a, in a Cassie book, you have you have Rachel and you have Jake as like your 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 damsel in distress to like motivate her, right? Your ones and twos, okay. So absolute mayhem breaks out, including the buffalo who catches up with them. Uh, quote, it was a bloody, gruesome scene. Severed hork arms and legs twitching in the dirt, growing pools of blood, taxons feasting, drooling, something out of a slasher movie, only this was real. I'm getting into describing the, the violence in this one because it's been this way through the whole series. I've just been glossing over it. <laughs> I hear you, I hear you. It's time for us to experience what the children are experiencing. Yeah. Um, so they run, briefly losing the helicopter's spotlight, uh, Jake, in private thought speak, apologizes to Cassie for, like, yelling earlier. <laughs> He's like, hey, we're still cool, boo? And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They come close to a road that they need to cross to get to the water, to get to the beach. Um, the road is heavily patrolled by control. Mm-hmm. It's now, like, nighttime, so there's they have to use lights and stuff. But um, they also left the buffalo behind, like, back in all the carnage. They ran off, and now they're at this road they need to cross. They're not sure how to cross it without, like, getting seen. If there's something big enough to carry the box, they'll get caught, basically. Um, uh, They can't, like, go flies because then they can't carry the box. Rachel's like, well, what if we take the box apart and carry it over in pieces? And Jake is like, we'd still have to be big enough to carry the pieces, right? Right. Um, And and they don't want to just, like, barrel through and fight Morph because that'll alert people to where they are too soon for, like, this trap plan, right? Uh, So Cassie gets an idea. What if we throw it? Everyone goes fly and flies across the road except one person who then hucks it across and then goes fly and joins us, right? Um, And then she says, quote, it was a simple plan and should have been easy. I should have known better. (laughs) Yeah, that's, yeah. Okay, so where does it go wrong? Marco is volunteered as the one who throws the box and then joins. So they all, as flies, they cross the road. They almost get hit by a car, but they don't. Uh, They cross the road, and then they go back to human and back to wolf. So at this point, she's like, this is some of the most morphing we've ever done in a short time. Like, so they're very tired. Right. She she mentions how the wolf itself, like, when they morph into the wolf again, it's like, it's ready to go. It's energized. It's fine. But as soon as they morph back to human, and mentally, still, they're tired. But, like, as soon as they morph back to human, all of this is going to feel, like, so much. Um, so then, uh, Marco throws the box across the road. Cassie catches it in a very cool, like, dog catching a frisbee sort of, (laughs) sort of jump. Um, and then the the helicopter comes and starts, like, hovering over the road. 
And then the real buffalo just steps out onto the road. It had still followed them this way. And it postures aggressively, now surrounded by hork and taxons, and there's the helicopter hovering above, and they're like, well, we can't leave it for the Yurks, or they'll know that we're people. Like, you know? Right. So, Jake is like, Ugh. And, like, uh, one of the most exasperated he's been in a while, he's like, all right, let's go save a fucking buffalo then, you know? <laughs> so... Uh, they like go to save it, but then they essentially get trapped and surrounded um, by the helicopter uh, by all these hork bajir and stuff. The helicopter lands, and Visser Three s- steps out uh, and is Andalite form. He walks over to the real buffalo, thinking it's one of the Andalite bandits, right? Just starts talking to it. Yes. You disgusting Andalite scum! Exactly, and he's like, "Give us the box! Like, give us the device!" You know, you know? and he walks over. And as a, a point of being, like, a mean, evil dude, he takes his finger and he shoves it in the wound of this buffalo. And the buffalo, like, you know, jerks and kind of swipes at him with its head, but he dodges it. And Cassie notices, like, it seemed like he was, a, like, his dodge, he almost got hit by it. Like, he was kind of delayed. Almost like he looked, his eyes looked a little bit droopy. Like, he was kind of sleepy a little bit. But that definitely woke him up. Like, it sure did. And then the Visser starts raging at the other controllers to find the cube. Like, oh, you fools, go find the cube. It's somewhere around here. And then the buffalo starts morphing Visser 3. Oh, no! When oh, no! 3 put his finger in the wound, it acquired it the acquired Visser. acquired its DNA! <laughs> <laughs> so Visser 3 notices and attacks it. And assu- and now he really assumes it's an Andalite. Because yes. it's looking it's like an alien. It's turning into an Andalite. Okay. Uh, so he at- uh, Visser 3 attacks it. The others start to run. The Visser cuts and, like, so it morphs Andalite. Visser 3 cuts one of its arms off uh, and then cuts one of its eye stalks off. And the buffalo, like, in a rage, just starts, like, flailing its tail around. <laughs> yeah. And it thwaps Visser 3 on the side of the head with, like, the flat of the blade and knocks him the fuck out. And he falls to the ground. And, like, it said, like, all the hork and Taxon are like, Ooh! like, they all, like, freeze. Like, what do, what do we do? Sure. And, in, and in that time, the buffalo, and now Andalite, scampers off after the Animorphs and follows them. So they get near to the beach, and it's now getting close to time for the plan. <laughs> Uh, they need someone, though, they're, like, at this ravine that kind of leads up to the beach. They need someone to stay back here and stall, like, buy time for the rest of everyone to, like, get in position. Uh, so Cassie volunteers. She figures the buffalo will follow her. So it'll be, like, her and the buffalo here stalling time. Um, Jake takes the box and is basically like, well, see you with the water. Don't die, right? Like, right. She remorphs the buffalo, and the buffalo also goes back to buffalo form. They hide in the bushes to ambush oncoming uh, hork Um And then while in that bush, she, like, notices the drop-off to this ravine is, like, a pretty sizable drop. Not enough to, like, straight-up kill you. It's not like, oh my god, that's like 100 feet in the air. But would absolutely hurt you a lot to fall down that ravine. Right. Uh, they ambush the hork but then hear a strange sound... Uh, coming at them through the woods, and we haven't had a Visser 3 monster in a while. Uh, I was about to say, is it a Visser 3 monster, it or sure is it is. the buffalo thing? Okay. No. The buff- her and the other buffalo are, like, here, fighting the okay. Sork and then they hear a crazy sound, and they look. Uh, my blood ran cold. 
He was morphing, his stolen Andalite body bulging and melting, turning black and gooey, oozing forward and tainting everything he touched, making the nearby Hork-Bajir's skin sizzle and bubble like it was being dissolved with acid. Short, thick, dripping tentacles shot out of its body, and a huge, wet, red mouth with buzzsaw teeth chomped and smacked, drooling the same smoking, sizzling acid. Time to go, I thought, as Visser 3 pointed a tentacle at me. A stream of acid flew through the air. It splattered the hork in front of me and sent it howling and writhing to the ground. The holes in its skin bubbled and stank. I wheeled, powered up my short, muscular legs, and with a loud, snorting call to the other buffalo, barreled to the edge of the drop-off and jumped. <laughs> so... Knows that this is going to hurt, oh, but yeah. it's the only thing it's, to it's do. It's jump off this cliff or face acid squid monster, right? Like just like in that Tom, uh, just like in that movie, The Fugitive. Yes, just like in The Fugitive <laughs> with Harrison Ford and Tommy Lee Jones. I remember. So both she and the buffalo hit the ground hard, like, and they are both fucked up. And I will explain how fucked up here. Uh, this is probably going to kill the buffalo if the buffalo doesn't know to morph into something. I opened my eyes, dazed. Through a hazy mist of agony, saw the buffalo raise its head to look at me. It bawled piteously and struggled to rise. It couldn't. It had snapped a couple of legs. The bones jutted out through the torn, ragged skin. Blood pumped and stained the ground. It was an agony. This is a fucking children's book. Yep. It was an agony, but it wasn't dying yet. I was bleeding too, from the branch that had speared into my stomach on the way down. <sighs> Infection's going to set in, I thought dimly. Someone had better cleanse this wound really thoroughly, or... No, no, no one was going to cleanse my wounds. No one was going to save me. The world got smaller and then expanded. I blinked, fighting the wooziness. Alright, uh... <laughs> so, she basically leads it in morphing. Um, yeah. Back to human, to like heal. Um, and then leads it along the like wall of the ravine, like like l- inching up next to the wall, so that you couldn't really see them if you were looking from the top of the ravine. And they manage to stay out of sight as they kind of move down along the ravine and rejoin the others. And everyone is amazed that the fucking buffalo is still alive. <laughs> And it's time now, finally, for the plan. Cassie leads the buffalo back to Buffalo Morph. Uh, everyone else goes to Wolf and keeps running. Cassie um, gets into position and starts to demorph back to human. It's about to get fucked up. She then notices something moving on the ground, growing. An ant is growing into Cassie. So there was a point... Where she when the box, she had the box. There was an, an ant, ant walking the along the box, and then and Cassie, then touched her. Cassie flicked the ant off of the box, <laughs> and then the ant starts growing into Cassie, and she is face to face now with a half her half ant that is likewise like the buffalo was screaming in panic and confusion, right? But people screaming, yes, but with a with ant mouth parts. Oh, terrifying. Uh, so Aunt Cassie starts panicking and attacks Cassie and like is like gets its pinchers, which are like big because it's in proportion to a human person, gets her pinchers around Cassie's arm and is literally about to chop off Cassie's arm when, uh, the buffalo charges in and gores Aunt Cassie to death. Thank God. So Thank Cassie, goodness it murdered that ant girl. Cassie watches herself die. 
<laughs> and then throws up. Yes, who I, yeah, of course. And then, in a fit of rage and adrenaline and trying to make sure that this abomination is dead, walks over back to herself and stomps herself to paste. <laughs> just like Mario does. Just, just like Mario fights his enemies. Over, I imagine just stomping on her own head over and over and over again. And it's yeah. so disturbing. Uh, <laughs> she collects herself and then morphs to bird. And then they save the day like Lord of the Rings as eagles. I flapped my powerful wings and hopped up onto a rock. The buffalo looked at me, puzzled and uncertain again. I looked back, not knowing what to say or do. I gave a questioning snort and stepped closer. Thwok, 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 which is the sound of a helicopter. I have to go now. Oh, I, I thought that was their bird wings. Okay. <laughs> I have to go now, I said, knowing it couldn't understand me. Thank you for saving my life. The buffalo's ears twitched, and then I knew what to say. You are good, I said softly. Its ears came forward, and it made a soft, almost friendly sound. The helicopter buzzed into sight. Sue! And then the Draken beam blew up the buffalo. Yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> there's no other way that that ends. You know what I mean? And I'm glad that the bad guys killed it, that the kids didn't have Cassie to be like, to I love you, it. old yeller, and then, like, slit its fucking neck open. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, Cassie flies up um, with all the other birds, like, that from the trees, like, shoot out from the trees and all this chaos of the buffalo getting blown up. She, like, flies out with them to look like a normal bird, right? Um, she sees five dolphins in the water swimming out to sea. So there's the others. A bug fighter and a helicopter are following them and shooting at them. The bug fighter is, like, shooting at the dolphins in the water. Um, Cassie can... He- oh, yeah. How do how do laser beams work on the water? Do they pierce they do, the water? They, yes, because they, okay. yes, they, they have... Um, Many times before, like, they've been shot as okay. whales or sharks okay. or whatever, sure. you know. Um, uh, Cassie can hear the thought-speak cries of the others who are being shot at, and some of them are getting hit. Like, Tobias gets hit, I think Marco gets hit, like, and they're trying to dive kind of out of sight and dodge these things, but, like, you know, they're the decoys, basically. So then she starts um, flying up, 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 up. She needs the helicopter to stay still. Right? To, for this to work. Um, so she goes up really high above the helicopter and then starts to demorph. Now, normally, Cassie is very skilled at morphing and she can control what part of her body morphs in what order, typically. Um, and so she's like, I'm going to demorph from bird. I'm going to keep my wings as long as possible to slow my fall, right? But she's so fucking exhausted from all this morphing that she can't control the order of things. And her wings go almost first. Oof. So she just starts falling towards this helicopter that's hovering there. Um, and then she starts morphing whale. A- a- but she's falling too fast to, like, do it in time. So she's like, I'm, I'm not going to get enough mass. This The helicopter's rotors are just going to destroy me, right? Yeah. Um, so the helicopter then moves out of the way. Uh, of her. So she's like, fuck, even now, it doesn't even matter. Um, and then the bug fighter, like, swoops in where the helicopter was to fire at the dolphins. And then a random-ass seagull flying in the air gets sucked into the engine of the helicopter. <laughs> was this seagull the the buffalo? No, the buffalo exploded. Was this just a normal-ass yes. seagull? Yes. Jesus Christ. And it, and okay. It, was, it, it, it seems like this is coming out of nowhere. Earlier in the book, when they were trying to think about what is the plan, before they came up with the anvil, they're like, well, I've seen a bird 
take out a helicopter before by getting sure. sucked into its engine. And Tobias is like, oof, uh, not a great way to go, you know? Yeah. <laughs> One of the gulls had been sucked into the helicopter's powerful jet engine, a jet engine intake, like a hairball into a vacuum hose. Kaboom! The helicopter exploded in a raging ball of fire. The impact hit me like a warp speed 18-wheeler, sledgehammered the air from my lungs, stunned me into shocked, deft numbness. Then came the scorching heat from the explosion and the agony. I was flung away from the burning wreckage down towards the ocean, and the last thing I thought in the millisecond before it all went black was, after all this, all it took was one poor seagull. <laughs> Cassie wakes up in the ocean, floating in human morph, uh, being propped up by dolphins, the others. Thank you, do- Thank you, friends. She had demorphed after hitting the water, being badly burned in, like, mostly whale form, um, and, like, sort of half-conscious, and they managed to, like, get her to demorph to human before she fully passed out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then... The helicopter blew up. Blew up, I interrupted, teeth chattering. The Helmicron sensors are destroyed, right? Well, we're pretty sure they are, Jake said, slowly. So, you're pretty sure the sensors are DOA, I said. Say yes, Jake, I begged silently. (laughs) Say yes, please don't tell me the whole mission has been in vain. That I had to confront my physical self as an ant, as a mutant, a thing. Yeah, Jake said. We're 99% sure, Cassie. Oh, great. That left a 1% wild card. (laughs) Cassie, you did great, Jake said, in private thought speak. And I have to tell you, when I saw you heading for that chopper's blades, well, Marco wasn't the only one freaking out. We moved out of the way and dove deep when you all came down, but when you hit the water, you were burned pretty bad. I closed my eyes, remembering the searing pain and the stench of sizzling whale blubber. Ugh. And we were going crazy cr- trying to get you to demorph. You were only, like, half-conscious, but I guess that was enough. I'm glad, he said simply. Me too, I said. Survival instincts. Funny. How our own genetic programming would automatically kick in when our logical, reasoning, conscious human brains weren't around to jam them up. Me too what? Tobias asked. It's private thought speak, bird boy, Marco said. Jake's getting all Dharma and Greg on us with Cassie. I laughed, but I was shivering so hard it came out ratchety and harsh. I wasn't embarrassed that Marco had guessed what was going on. Jake and I like each other a lot, and that's no secret. Cassie, why don't you morph to dolphin and let's all get out of here, Jake said, noticing my quaking. I'm done with this day at the beach. How about you guys? Your wish is my command, Prince Jake, Marco said. Then I wish you'd be quiet, Jake drawled. Ha ha, Axe said. Ha! We all looked at him, amazed. That was, I believe, the appropriate response to human humor, correct? He said calmly, and then dove within seconds, and within seconds had powered his sleek dolphin body up out of the water and high into the air. I quit, Marco said, groaning. If Axe is gonna ha-ha after all of Jake's feeble jokes from now on, I swear I quit. But he knew it, uh, but he wouldn't, and we knew it. None of us would, no matter how bad the odds or the humor. The end. Uh, it this book is a great example of the fog of war and how often they have to think on their feet and that even the best plans always go situation is more than fluid yeah and when you don't have a good plan at all it always goes awry Mm -hmm. um huh Riffing. Yeah, the thing that I really Just... dug about this book is literally kind of what we said in the beginning, where it's like, we start with, here's a problem, the action starts now, 
and the book is like, we never get a break. And that is like part of the whole, like, they're so exhausted by the end of this because they've just been running uh, for... We've... I, it's one of my notes, so I'm going to say... Or yeah. It's one of my lessons, so it'll come up again. This was one of the more body horror yes. books. Yes. There's a ton of that. And even the tentacle monster, in my mind, when you said a monster, I was like, I bet it's a tentacle monster. Everything feels galactic yeah. horror yeah. in this one. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's and it's one of those stories that is like kind of a like this is sort of feels like a little side story where it's like it, this doesn't necessarily have overarching impact on like the status quo or like whatever, but like nonetheless, it's there are things that happen in this one that are gonna stick in in this case Cassie's mind in particular, right? She had to stomp herself to death. Ooh, that's another one of my lessons. In fact, <laughs> let's hear all of my lessons now. Lessons. Okay. Uh, bards make a great clubhouse. Sure. I don't have a bard, but if I had a bard, that would be... We would do D&D &D night in there. So we'd play video games in there. It would always be a land party because it's on the part. It's on the land, yeah. and it's a party. Yeah. Um, broken kids need animals. Sure. They are gentle creatures. They help repair their broken baby hearts um we just watched that show natalia speaks someone should get that nice girl a dog <laughs> uh i wrote the lesson helicopters are so fucking cool like we don't think about what helicopters can do but helicopters are pretty fucking cool there was one flying around above my apartment the other day and because i had just like gone through these notes i was like looking at it and just being like man a really crazy thing that we invented, you know? Yeah. Now, one thing we haven't invented, but if we had some sort of poop signature machine, we could find anybody on this earth, David. Uh, Everybody poops, so when you start giving off poop pheromones, we would be able to find so you. So you took the morphing energy sensor Helmicron thing and turned it into a poop finder? Uh, I'm just saying, <laughs> if we had that, we could find. We would have found Osama bin Laden in days, days, instead what, of just finding start, him in Pakistan. You have to start with a sample of his poop, right? That's well. No, 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 David. Just it gives when you poop, you give off pooping pheromones. It's an energy. Now you can't see it, but the machine picks up on the aura of your poop. Yeah, but since everybody poops, wouldn't the machine get like overwhelmed with hits? David, I learned the lesson that ladies are morphing boxes. Their bodies change. They morph over time. They make babies. Oh, okay. Uh, I wrote, a good bass line is needed for a good song. You might have the drums and the lead guitar, but you need a good bass line in there to keep it really going. Uh, hold on. I have to figure out where that came from. So I'm. You said bass. You said yeah, bass line. I, I said on. bass form is what I said. But uh, I'll take yeah. yeah. I changed bass line. <laughs> I wrote grandmas are widowmakers. They're gonna outlive grandpa. It's a real sad fact. They're all widowmakers. They're only widowmakers if they killed the husband, right? Like, <laughs> no, you're technically a widow if your partner well, yeah, dies. That you're make a widow. You a widowmaker. They the are is the making it. They're killing grandpa with their energy, okay, David. Right. Their grandmas are widow makers. All right. Uh, I wrote, you got to be in it to win it. Yeah. Even if you don't win, you should still strive for the highest platform you can get you to. I appreciate you taking a, a, a sentence I said offhand and turning it into one of your lessons. Listen, if I'm going to take the things that you take offhand, David, you got to learn the ropes. You got to know how tight to put them. You got to learn how to strap them down. If you don't know the ropes, things are going to fall all over the place. 
Uh, I wrote, uh, get a good hiding spot for secret stuff. Yeah. Yes, yeah. you could just put it in a sweatshirt and stash it in the corner. Not good enough. You got to do more. You got to really hide it. Sure. Uh, I wrote, protect the herd. Hey, listen, yeah. there are babies inside of this herd and lions want to eat them. We need some sort of defensive barrier to keep the predators away from our babies. Okay. I wrote, body horror is the worst horror because we can just think about our own bodies. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Death is body horror. All of our bodies are more horrific each day. Your body is more horrific each day. We <laughs> Don't all I go know through it. body Don't horror. I know it. David, pace yourself. You can't do it all at once. Okay. Sometimes you need to make sure you have enough energy for the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, uh, I wrote... People don't like it when you move their shit. Even though you thought it was a good idea to clean that person's room, they were very upset when you touched all of their <laughs> stuff and moved it out of the way. I love how... So that's a lesson I need to take. I love how we are both thinking of the exact same situation. <laughs> yeah. And hopefully they'll come back and be a guest on our show. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I wrote, be careful who you change around. Like, you don't know who everyone is and what's in their inner heart. Be careful when you just take off your shirt willy-nilly. Sure, yeah. Uh, I wrote, don't squeeze your Capri Suns too hard. There is juice inside of there. If you squeeze it too hard, it's going to be gushing and gushing all over the place. That's because Handle I just, it with care. That's because I described the taxons as a wet bag full of juices. <laughs> David, be careful with the tone, with your tone of voice. A negative tone is gonna is gonna trigger people in a negative way. Just be cognizant of that as you speak to people. Uh, I wrote, <laughs> we gotta save the buffaloes. We've murdered so many of them. Yeah. I don't even know how many are left. We've made There's very few African buffaloes in the United we States. We have made so many widows of the yes. widow makers. <laughs> That's right. Uh, I wrote, you got to get eight hours of sleep. I know you don't sure. want to. I know you want to play video games all night. You got to go to bed. It's sleeping time. I got eight hours last night. Uh, good job. Good job, <laughs> David. You. I'm proud of you. David, why did the chicken cross the road? Because it is an alien and it is getting away from other aliens. Don't fuck around with chickens and roads. They were Okay. Yeah, yeah. They were aliens, David. That's why the buffalo. Why did that buffalo cross the road? Because it's a fucking alien. Get away from there. It's going to hurt you. Uh, I wrote, if you get woozy, do not go to sleep. Yeah. Stay awake. Yeah. Wake up. We got to find out what's wrong with you before you go to sleep because you might die. <laughs> I wrote, people screaming is very disheartening. When you just hear it at first, doesn't matter if it's like, a, like one scream or a baby scream. It just is disheartening yeah. in general. Yeah, it's not a great sound. Uh, we all, I learned the lesson, we all watch ourselves die. Wow. Even if you're not looking in a mirror, you're going to be there. You're going to watch yourself die. Wow. A little bit too dark, but just something for us <laughs> to keep in mind. Um, I wrote, Mario's a stomper. Yeah, Listen, yeah. if he's going to save the day, he's going to do it one foot at a time as he crushes <laughs> your small Goomba body under his feet. Yeah. Uh... I wrote, bird strikes are very dangerous. <laughs> We've talked about listen, that before. We've definitely uh, talked I, about bird strikes before. Listen, there's been a number, whatever's going on right now in the world, there's been a number of uh, airplane-related accidents. Yeah. None of them have been bird strikes, but I'm really afraid that bird strikes are going to hit the news one of these days. <laughs> 
And then lastly, the last lesson of this book was DOA was a great video game. It was like oh. a little bit more adult than yeah, what yeah, you yeah. would want. You couldn't let your parents know that you were playing DOA. You're like, no, this game's good. And then you jack that age the up age, to yeah, yeah. So I had, I had uh, when I, back in, when I was, I was nine and ten years old, I lived in England and I had a Sega Saturn and I had Dead or Alive 2. Oh, that's the game. Yeah. That's the game. Yeah. Um, was that... That was Sega Saturn, right? It wasn't Dreamcast. I had it. Maybe it was Dreamcast. I, uh, I think it was Sega Saturn. I remember sure. playing it for Dreamcast. I remember it for Dreamcast, but I wouldn't be surprised if it started out I there. I think it was Sega Saturn for me. But anyway, um, yeah. You jack, jack the age up to 99 and watch those jigglies jangle. You know what I mean? Watch those jigglies uh, jangle. So I do have... I, this is just a... I, I, it was on sale recently, so I do have DOA 6 if you ever want to come over and play it. <laughs> Yes, I absolutely want to play DOA And I think there are a number of sexy costumes for the ladies and a few for the boys as well. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate that. Now, this was a sexy book. What's the next sexy book that you'll be telling me? (laughs) (laughs) I'm just trying to do a good transition. I get you. I appreciate you. Um, So this is the next book. This is book. We're now going to hit book 40, which is nuts. Uh, Which means we have to start worrying about uh, saving for retirement. Yeah. Uh, so I just read this one yesterday, and I will say the book after this, it, I think, I have to double check, but I'm pretty sure the book after this is the uh, next and final Megamorphs. Okay, great. But this cool. book we have is book 40. Uh, it is called, uh, oh, it is called The Other. Ooh. Uh, so, so spoiler alert, they were the ghosts the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so here's the yeah, cover he's here. turning into a bee boy yeah. or a wasp. So it's Marco, and he is turning into a bee. That is correct. The inside cover here. Oop, the inside cover here. Fantastic. It looks great. Yeah. Uh, a little bee Listen, in a greenhouse. Um, yeah. I, I love it. Uh, but Marco as much books, as I love it. Uh, you know, every time a Marco book comes up, I'm always like, ugh, and ugh. I know. They hit hard. Yeah. Just like it's hitting me hard. That this episode must come to an end. <laughs> You're on point uh, with your transitions today. The one who is the creme de la creme of storytelling. Well, that was David Miller. And the one who's the cream of the crop. Well, that was <laughs> Michael Santel. You set me up for it again. This time I could just do it. Fill my trough with cream of wheat. I'll be a happy boy. I'm not a fan of cream of wheat. I'm not a big fan. We'll talk about it next time. <laughs> thank you all for joining us. Uh, thank you for listening to A Wonderful Tale. We have more tales coming your way Drink soon. lots of water. Yes, yes. Eight hours of sleep, of course. And we'll see all you kids and cats next time. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye. That's our show, thanks for coming round Don't be sad, no need to frown We'll have more stories, don't throw a fit Goodbye one and all, and we'll see you in a bit We've been we've been running really low on snippets to put after the outro song lately Because we've been really, like, crisp on, like, when we start recording We, like, do our sync, and then we go, and then we're done, and then we stop And then, like, so I don't have any, like, fun little B-roll for us anymore Oh, okay, okay, here you go Here's one for the end of the episode today <laughs> Baby wants a bottle. Goo 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 goo. (laughs) Perfect. That's exactly what the audience wants.